0: Welcome. Welcome to an afternoon edition of Folks Talking Sports. I'm Chris Gardner, owner of the Houston Round Bar View. And joining me is James Mueller, the sports editor of The Daily Cougar. And James, how are you? You've been, you're have been you fighting the flu. He's, he's fighting it. He's a, he's a trooper. He's going to tough it out. He's feeling a little bit better. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, let's get a, a lovely business note out of the way. Seems like I can find it. All right, here we go. This show is Sports, Talkin Sports is sponsored by Five Star Properties, a Dallas based company owned by a UH alum. If you're facing foreclosure or need to sell your house as is for cash, call 972 532 S E L L or visit the website at 5starprops.com. That's F I V E S. T A R P R O P S dot com. First things first, were you able to join uh, Saturday's Less Rage Cougs postgame I show? Was, I was not able to. Well, okay, so let's talk about the, the beatdown that the Cougs oh. gave to East Carolina Saturday, ruining the Pirates senior day. The Cougs won 42 to 3. How surprised were you surprised? at the performance by the Cougs I wasn't surprised
1: that UH won I thought UH would win by maybe a score or two um in the offensive performance didn't surprise me because Clayton Toon's been doing that all throughout the second half of the season the defense was what was a, the big kicker because you know the past two weeks teams have been getting whatever they wanted through the air against UH you know Mordecai put up ridiculous numbers and then temples warner three for four fifty something last week um and so i thought going into this week ecu as a veteran quarterback and holt uh holton aylers who has i think he's the aac's um all-time passing leader um if i'm correct i'm pretty sure that's correct but um i thought you know he'd be that'd be another challenge for the secondary and, you know, they've been beaten up um, still having to play a bunch of young guys. So I thought, again, it would be more of a shootout type deal. Uh, So yeah, that, that surprised me that ECU was held to just three points and the secondary, uh, you know, never allowed Aylers to get into rhythm. Um, And yeah.
0: I was shocked, James. Okay. Okay. Uh, I thought it was going to be a loss for the Cougs because I thought they were losing a shootout. I thought East Carolina would be able to run and pass the ball against Houston's defense. I was wrong, kudos to the defense. But this comment from Joe Mendez, where has that team been all season? Because if that team had played well, the Cougs would not be just 7-4. it would be better than 7-4 and probably would, would not need help to uh, get a spot in the AAC title game like they do right now. So, But kudos to them. I was kind of surprised at East Carolina. Not their play calling was kind of strange to me. I mean, it's like they didn't watch the game film of previous Houston games and Houston opponents. But that's that's their fault. That's not Coach Hogerson's fault. The defense's fault. You know, the Cougs took advantage of it and, and they got the win. So that's the bottom line. And and they got a chance to beat Tulsa this week. Finish eight and four. Tulsa's not great this year. Um, you know, that should be a win at the home game. Final home game of the season. It's the Cougs' senior day, so uh, let's start that right now. You predicting a win, and how strong is your prediction, James? Yeah, I think they'll win. I'll go ahead and guarantee it. Um, All right, guarantee, and I'm going to make it two times because I guarantee the Cougs will win. Guarantee and beat Tulsa this week. So eight and four, and then no wait, Uh, we were shocked. I was shocked that Navy beat UCF <laughs> in Orlando on the Golden Knights senior day. So where'd that come from? <laughs> I mean, it was like what 17, 14 is kind of low scoring too. So yeah. that's Navy didn't complete a single pass. Oh for one <laughs> passing, one pass attempt and ran the ball. What was it? 63 plays, I think. Something like that. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so sometimes old school football still works. You know, I mean, it worked for Navy and Navy. I think in conference, they're doing pretty well. The record is right around 500. So I'm not sure what that says about the conference overall, that Navy and that style still works. But hey, they surprised the conference, beat UCF on the road and still open the door for for some slim chance for the Cougs to uh, be one of the teams in the. Title game for the AAC Conference Championship. Uh Tulane and Cincinnati play this Friday. Friday, yeah. And so that's the loser of that game is out. Uh, Right? Well,
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The winner would get home field, the loser would still have a chance. Assuming UCF wins this weekend, I think they play South Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Um Mm -hmm. uh, assuming UCF wins, if uh Tulane lost to Cincinnati on Friday. I think Tulane would still get in because they beat UCF or wait, did they, I can't remember. I know, I know UCF beat, uh, since, uh Cincinnati. yeah. So they, that, that would be a thing. I, I I think it's really hard for the Cougs to get in, um, just because I think even, uh, two loss Cincinnati or two loss UCF in conference play team would get in over a two loss UH, uh team in conference, but we'll
0: see. Um, yeah. So I mean, let's, let's go right there. If the Cougs, if our guarantee is correct, Houston beats Tulsa, they're eight and four. They don't, they would not have reached the conference title game. Is this season, would this season be a disappointment?
1: I mean, I think given what they had going into it, yeah. Because, um, I mean, they were, people expected them to make the conference title, not only make it, but win it. Um, a lot of people had them in New Year's six bowls uh, going into the season, Uh and I mean, you returned, I, I we've talked about, you know, they've lost some key pieces, but every team does. You return the main guys you need. I mean, w- with a quarterback like Toon, um, some key defenders, obviously injuries haven't helped, um, but that's not an excuse. Of course, every team goes through injuries. UH has probably been through a little more than a lot of teams, but um, overall, yeah, I think Final season in the American, Houston came in wanting to make a statement, go out with a bang, go out on top, and people, a lot of people expected them to, to or at least be in a position to compete for a conference title. And as it's looking, it's highly unlikely that they'll even get a chance to play in that championship game. Um, so, yeah, I'd say overall, probably disappointing season. Uh, you can definitely take away some positives from the second half of the season because, like we talked about, who knew, we a lot of us expected it to go completely on the off the rails going into Memphis. Um, so the fact, assuming they went Saturday uh, to be able to get out, get eight wins out of it, and um, the offense has looked great over the second half of the season. So there's some positives, but as a whole, yeah, I think uh, this wasn't the 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 you know farewell AAC
0: season that uh UH wanted. And it, it's amazing how that come from behind when in Memphis saved their season. <clears throat> and some might argue possibly save Dana Hogerson's job because they were teetering. I mean, they were down, what, 13 points in the last three minutes of that game at Memphis and came back and won by a point, 33-32. And then they beat Navy they beat South Florida that – embarrassing performance in Dallas against the Mustangs giving up 77 points but then they beat Temple and big win over East Carolina on Saturday 7 and 3 7 you know in, well, what are they 8 so and 3 7 and 4
1: 7 and 4 overall uh and they have their 5 and 2 in conference
0: right in Tulsa game oh wow 6:30 games that's the, that's going to be Saturday two days after Thanksgiving is that right? Yeah um home game yeah I'm kind of
1: curious how many people show up for that one <laughs> Well yeah I mean the basketball game will I mean that will I don't know if we'll get carry over from that but they haven't announced that time yet
0: but I know it will be you know probably a 1 or 2 p.m tip um, for that yeah good call because I think the men's team plays uh, Kent State yeah earlier Saturday inside for Tita Center. And I hope the school athletics is wise enough to to tie in promotions between the two games, you know, with the basketball team and the football team, football team is senior day. So I'm not sure what they should do, but ticket promotion or tie in, you know, something to encourage the, the fans who do come to the basketball game to stay and go for the football game. Yeah, for sure. Another idea here tossed out on folks talking sports. Let's get into uh, basketball men's team. In uh, oh, in case let everyone know, I'm going to say this. Uh, Andeyanez, I think, should be arriving by now in Oregon, Eugene, Oregon, for tonight's game. Uh, He'll be there covering the game as part of Gallery Sports. But also, he'll be doing the Les Rage Cougs post-game show after the game from Eugene, and he's going to be doing uh, covering a few, few. I might say all, but many of the team's road games now for the rest of this season. So that means Les Rage Cooks will be on the road. James and I know we're going to be in Fort Worth as well for the game against St. Mary's. So. We're traveling james we're we're, we're expanding we're, we're on the road with with uh, technology we'll still bring you shows and and things of that sort but yeah so look forward that's why andy's not with us right now willie gibson is either either covering the calves or the browns so he's in cleveland in ohio doing what he does in his other job so we moved up today's fts to three because i'll be heading to uh, downtown for the rockets warriors game shortly because that game tipped at six I didn't realize, because I've been doing all kinds of stuff, that the Warriors are 0-8 on the road. Yeah. Until yesterday. I did not realize that. So I ask you, James Mueller, Joe Mendez, folks tuning in, got to do a better job of this, promoting it. Will the Warriors still be winless on the road after tonight's game against the Rockets?
1: No. No.
0: I, and you were quick about that, too, James. You were, I mean, no hesitation whatsoever. So you're saying Golden State will get their first road win tonight. Yeah.
1: I mean, I just don't have much faith in this Rockets team, what they've shown.
0: Why not? What What have you seen that gives you pause or concern or, or any of those things?
1: I mean, it's just they haven't taken that jump on under Silas that a lot of people thought. Um, There's still a lot of inconsistencies. Uh, I mean, they, they, they've got, they play well in flashes um, and they've obviously got a lot of talent. Um, Jabari's been off to a slower start than I thought he'd get off to this season. Um, Obviously, I mean, he's a rookie. um, So there's obviously that learning curve there and you can't expect him to, you know, come into the league as an all star. But overall, I think just. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just been a lot of inconsistencies. You'll get, you know, spurts a good play, but they haven't been able to put together many complete games. Um, and some of the coaching decisions just have not made a ton of sense.
0: Like what? You, you sound like some of the people who tune in to uh, the Let's Talk Houston Rockets show here on. The Houston Round Bar Review Channel. What what coaching decisions have, have you questioned when you watch Rockets?
1: I mean, one is
0: just with
1: Shingun. I think they haven't played him in, or at least in the terms of sometimes I feel like he should be out there on the floor more, just with what he's been able to do, um, mix and match a little more. Uh, late game decisions. Um, I forget what game it was, but there was a. One game close, you know, they went to Eric Gordon twice in a row, um, turned the ball over, uh, lost that. Just just things like that. I feel like j- they it's just not what I would do.
0: Understood, you're not alone in your assessment and your opinion on that. I, I'm getting it. Um, I got a, an, I guess, eyeful uh, last night on the show from Rocket fans, and they told me I did not realize, but there is a fire steven silas petition going around <laughs> so uh um, you know we'll see how, how much i know where it is in terms of signatures or anything like that but i have been told in the last 10 days or so that coach silas does need to win some games and win some games soon mm-hmm. so make make of that what you will <clears throat> if he does not win games soon he may not be the head coach of the rockets much longer no timetable on how soon that would be, but he needs to win games soon. And this next seven-game stretch they have, starting tonight with the Warriors and then the Hawks, OKC, who, who surprised folks so far, two in Denver, and then Phoenix, at Phoenix, at Golden State. James, right there. If I Okay, top of your head, Warriors tonight. Rockets win, lose. loss. Hawks on Friday home game against the Hawks win or lose loss home against OKC on Saturday the win at Denver Monday and Wednesday next week two losses at Phoenix on Friday loss and then at the Warriors loss so that's one so in like six
1: one in six yeah
0: okay joe joe keeps talking about marcus jones to the house
1: did he just take one back to win for the patriots
0: so yeah joe keep typing it up what what did marcus jones do A kicker return pick six what was it that he did that uh makes me as a cougar alum Eighty
1: four yard touchdown punt return oh there we go well that's crazy
0: he's got the neck
1: he's been close to breaking a few um
0: so good for him. I'm not a fan of the Patriots, but, you know, once a Coug, always a Coug. So that's good. And more more and more, once the sale ever happens and it's official, I will will return to being a fan of the Washington Commanders. But I do know that they beat the woeful Texans today. Was yeah. 23 to 10. And that postgame show will be on the Houston Rombard Review channel around, I think, six or seven this evening. So tune in for that on the Ad next Corner. But yeah, the Patriots won 10 to 3. And that touchdown was courtesy of Marcus Jones. So how about that? So, Joe, thank you very much for for letting us know and hipping us to that. Cougs men's basketball. Third rank Cougs. Face Oregon tonight on ESPN, 830 p.m. Central Time. Cougs are, I think I saw, favored by six and a half. What do you say, James? Who's win the night? Remain yeah. undefeated move to number two in the country.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think they win. I think they'll cover um, for sure. Uh, Oregon's looked a little shaky, honestly. I wouldn't be surprised if they. I, I mean, for sure, I think for sure number two. I wouldn't be surprised if they jumped up to number one. North Carolina has not looked. I mean, they just haven't been convincing. They they're undefeated, but um, right. With the with if you looked at their schedule before the season, you'd think they'd be dominating, and um, it just hasn't been that way. So we'll see. But um, yeah, I do think uh wins tonight.
0: Yeah, the Tar Heels are now four and zero, and I think today's win over James Madison might have been their most impressive. They beat UNT Wilmington by thirteen. That was kind of a struggle a little bit. Charleston, they were eighty six to Charleston, but won by sixteen. Gardner Webb was much closer than. A lot of folks thought it was a six-point game and then the won today with jmu 80 <clears throat> 64. so i think it's outside chance coos win but we talk about that oregon lost to uc irvine last week at home and that does make sense <laughs> you know oregon but it happened so oregon's wins I mean, they are 2-1 and one on the season. The loss to Irvine wins by 13. I think I said 11 on the Les Red Cougs show. 69-56. And then they followed up. They bounced back, beating Montana State 81-51. So Oregon's wins are over Florida A&M and Montana State. Their one loss is to UC Irvine. Well, I think you and I both agree that the Coons are better than Florida A&M UC Irvine, and Montana State. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what are, what's been your thought of, of uh, what you've seen from the Cougs so far in uh, these first four games?
1: I mean, obviously the record's not surprising. Um, they've been dominant. There hasn't really been many stretches where they've been outplayed or anything like that. It's been impressive. I think uh, Jarris Walker's shown you know, I mean, he's sort of been what I expected so far. He's had a few games where he's been, you know, the best player out there offensively, other games where he struggled, but, you know, made an impact on the boards with his defense. Um, Marcus Sasser's been Marcus Sasser. Uh, Tremon Mark had a really nice game um, against Oral Roberts. He's still coming along. Um, and then while Jamal Shed hasn't been, uh, you know, scoring a ton, he's been a nice orchestrator out there. And then I think one of my biggest things has been just the play of uh, JVA Francis off the bench. I think he's shown some really nice things um, coming into the season. I didn't know how much they'd use him. I figured he'd get in some. I didn't fig- I didn't think he'd be as big of a part of the rotation as he's been in there so far. And I think um, he's shown some nice things and given him some nice spurts and, you know, is able to I think he'll play a big role coming down the stretch. Um, he's going to continue to develop and get better. So, yeah, that, that would probably be my biggest takeaway just in terms of players. But overall, I mean, it's what you expect from a Kelvin Sampson team. They don't, I mean, given the quality of their opponents, haven't been great. But, uh, I mean, Oral Roberts is a good offensive team, and they they couldn't do anything. Um, I mean, it's just been a defensive clinic. And then, uh, I mean, UH is scoring. At will, so I mean, it's been it's been a strong uh, start, and they're showing that um, depth um, and showing people why they're. I think they're currently still the betting favorites to win the Natty um, as of now. Um, I know they were earlier in the week because uh, they put that on the when I was out sick uh, on the ESPN Plus broadcast against Oral Roberts. I think.
0: Hmm. I didn't. I didn't know that. That's not a surprise. Um, but the Oral Roberts game. Oral Roberts. Is is a guard? I mean, they got a seven foot five Connor Vanover. He did okay in that game, but Max Asmus, one of the top scorers two years ago in the country, struggled. Three points, right? This I think way three points. Doing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the team at O Roberts for the game was fourteen for sixty two, seven for thirty one each half. They struggle to make threes. And if you struggle to make threes against Houston, you're gonna struggle to win. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The the Ducks, look at the stat line, they're only shooting 56% as a team from the free throw line, 44.6 from the floor, 30% from three. So they're not a good three-point shooting team. So that's if you can't make shots from the outside against Houston, you're gonna struggle. Uh last I saw yesterday. Ducks' big man and Folly Dante, fourteen and eight, on that season so far. Will slated to slated to play today. If he doesn't, it's going to be even more difficult for Oregon to beat the Cougs. But a guy that I've been surprised with so far for Houston is Dwayne Roberts. Oh yeah, his his they're looking to him to score on the block. You can see the develop. He's another example of the Houston Cougars coaching staff and their player development. Mm
1: -hmm. There's another
0: success story. Um, Juwan is scoring on the block, left side and right side, some mid-range game. We've seen it. He hasn't really displayed it in games yet because it has been needed. He's been working on his three-point shooting. Yeah. So he's becoming better at that as well. So just another example of Houston and player development. And let's talk about that. Um, It was announced... When Wednesday, I think the last day of the first week of fall signing period, that big man and big man, Cedric Lott, 6'9, 6'10, 250. In one interview, I think he said last month that Coach Bishop weighed him at 261. He didn't think he was that heavy, (laughs) but you get an idea. He spots 6'10, 250. But he's 18 years old mm-hmm. uh, he's only started been playing basketball for three years so he's very raw but the potential is there and if you have not seen clips of him and highlights of him he dunks the basketball like the rim pissed him off mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> he dunks like Shaq. i mean just with true ferocity so that's his strength right now is, is slam dunks and he's better on defense. But overall, I think he'll be a good example, a good indicator of player development. So have you had a chance to do any digging on, on, on Cedric, a his game, but he's going to be coming reporting to Houston in January to get an early start in the culture and working out with coach Bishop and he's a national signing. So, you got uh, Jacob McFarland from California, Cedric, really based in in the Utah area because BYU is one of his final schools as well. But what have you found out or learned about big man Cedric Lot?
1: Yeah, um, one thing when I've seen when I've watched his highlights was the dunking. Obviously, I, I was going to say it looks like the you're afraid the rim's going to fall off every yeah. time, you know, because
0: um, and I've, I've, I've been told, excuse me, James, I've been told he's broken three rims. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, Yeah, uh, they might need to
1: get some insurance policy at Fortita Center or something. But, um, yeah, um, overall, that was one thing you mentioned earlier, too, uh, about he'd only been playing for three years. Kelvin mentioned that on the Zoom. I did not know that. So, um, you know, looking back at that in perspective, once Kelvin said that and, you know, going back and watching some stuff, it's impressive what he's been able to do. Um, obviously there's a long way, he's still young, high schooler, got a lot of ways to go. Um, but like you said, him coming in in January is gonna be huge, um, just just, just to get an early taste of what it's like um, mm-hmm. and, you know, get to spend some time behind some really good bigs. And, you know, Jaris will be well into his freshman year, you got Jawan and Reggie who are leaders jVA' is going to continue to develop so I mean there's just a lot of people he can learn from there um, so I think that would be huge for him and uh he he's probably one of those guys who takes a couple of years before he sees a few a significant playing time if I had to guess but I think uh overall you know in two three years you're going to be talking about a really good elite big man um, that Samson brought in. So yeah, there's, I think, uh, I mean, I'm pretty high on him in terms of just potential uh, and, you know, going into a staff like Houston's, there's not many better that have proven to have been
0: able to develop guys. So I think it's a great situation. And one thing uh, Coach Samson mentioned in our zoom call, I think Andy asked him the question to, for more info on, on Cedric. Yeah. Coach Samson said that uh, when he was, talk to Cedric that, and his, and his people, his circle, choose a school. And this is when Cedric made his visit, you know, in all the recruiting process, choose a school that will develop you. Choose a staff, you know, choose a coaching staff that will develop you. Don't just choose a school because they sent X amount of guys to the NBA or, or anything like that. What if they, you know, but choose a staff that will help make you a better player. Well, Houston Cougars staff has shown that they will help make their players better. So he'll get here in January when fans watch the games and you see this large young man in UH warm-up gear or whatever, that's going to be said a lot, you know, and if you, why is he playing? Because he's not, he's not going to play yet. Okay. He's here (laughs) to get in shape, learn the culture. He will be able to practice with the team because that's what Emmanuel Sharp did. Mm -hmm. Emmanuel got here in January and he spent time learning the culture. He did travel with the team on the road. So I think that'll be the same for Cedric. That'll be a great plus for Cedric as well to go on the road with the team and learn the ropes, get a a sense of college basketball and not have to worry about the stress of playing early. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a benefit. And then you got in Jacob McFarland. Jacob told me he's gonna get here in June. And I think I haven't talked to Cordell Jefferson, but JoJo, you know JoJo's in town, so I think he'll report in June as well. Cordell probably also. So a Houston kid, a Texas kid, and then then two kids from, from national. So it's a good look for the program. And let's touch on it <clears throat> for folks wondering. Coach Sampson said that the staff is done signing high school players for the class of 23. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. That does not mean they're done. They're, they're just done signing high school players. So, what does that tell you, James Mueller? I mean, like, like any,
1: all, everyone in college basketball, you're going to be looking in the portal, um, come in, into, uh, you know, late in the year. Um, because you're always looking – I mean, Kelvin's talked about it a lot, but it's the veteran teams that win, and they've done a good job adding guys through the portal um, over the years. Last year, you know, you saw that with Tajay, Josh, Kyler. Um, they, they continue to get guys, so they're, they'll be looking for some guys to uh, that can come sort of be plugged in immediately because, I mean – not looking too far ahead, but, you know, Marcus will probably, will be gone. Jairus mm-hmm. will probably be gone. There'll be some holes that they need to fill and not saying nothing against the freshmen they got coming in. But, um, you know, Samson likes those veteran
0: experienced guys. And I, I, based on, on that, the position that seems to be needed to fill or, or back up for, for depth purposes will be point guard. Mm-hmm. So for someone back up Jamal Shed. I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I don't. I doubt it will be difficult for the, the staff to get a veteran point guard to want to join this program and join the Cougs and be a part of the Big Twelve and and success and, and, and all that. <laughs> so I don't think that's going to be a tough task. You know, they'll evaluate, as Coach Sampson told us about the, who's best fit. For the backup spot, and then pare down their list and go from there. And, and then once that person comes on campus, it didn't take long for that person to commit. And <laughs> just keep it moving. You know, that's one thing I think we've learned in covering Coach Sampson over the years is he has a plan and he sticks to his plan. So mm-hmm. I, I I don't spend a lot of time on. I don't know how much time you spend on the recruiting part of it of, of who the Cougs bring in for or who they're looking at or or you know because fans are real hyped about well so-and-so has Houston on his final five or 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 this and he's or or oh, what are they doing Chris what I come out hear more about who they're looking at for 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 positions or, or point guard or and I'm just like trust coach Sampson he knows what he needs he'll get, he'll, he'll get it done so I'm at that point and I mm-hmm. contrast that with, I don't have that confidence in Coach Holgersen. So you tell me how you feel about that.
1: I mean, I think, I mean, football is a little different, but in terms of just, you know, it it would be really interesting this This past year, they were able to bring in some nice guys, no, no you know, names that, just like blew you away. But, um, now that, you know, they, they've been able to use the big 12 with that. So going into this big 12, uh, that should be a help for, uh, coach Holgerson, but I would, I do not think the UH football team or program is at any point near where the men's basketball program is where kids are going out of their way to come to Houston. Like it's at the top of the list. Um, I think in football, there'd be a lot of big 12 teams if they got an offer from to transfer in, that would be ahead of UH um, just based on uh, track record. And the fact that, I mean, Houston's never been in the big 12 before, and there's some other teams there, you know, Oklahoma State, Kansas State that had proven that they can win. And so uh, kids want to go play for winners and not, not to say Houston's not going to win in the big 12. I don't know, but um there's there's a lot more questions in terms of um, the direction and just especially given some of the struggles that they've had this year in the american
0: i haven't checked i don't know if you if you had time to look into it i'm not even sure. i'm sure somebody's done it but where houston football ranks in terms of recruiting class for the new big 12 i, I guess i phrase it like that because i don't know if they're bottom four or, or mid four or whatever, I don't know about that. So that's something to inquire yeah. about because they got to get better talent if they want to be competitive in the Big 12.
1: So they're People? 65th overall nationally. Uh, okay. Big, Big 12 wise, I'm trying to see. Uh, let's see here. I don't, it's hard to sort them because they won't put them in the Big 12 right now since they're technically not in it, Um, but I would imagine, yes, it's towards the bottom, at least
0: bottom third. So, and that has to get better. And it might. It it just has to get better. But off right now, projecting, let's do some projecting with with Joe and anybody else watching us on YouTube or on Folk Talk Sports on Twitter. Who would you say Houston football is better than in the new Big 12 as of July 1st, 2023? I think they could beat West Virginia. Um, I I, I agree. I'll lean more toward that as a yes than I was a while ago, but okay, yes. I think they're
1: up there with Kansas. Uh, Kansas has sort of teetered off. They've started off really hot this is still like, isn't the same Kansas that have been, you know, just getting steamrolled by everyone. Um, but I think even though UH lost to Kansas this year, I think they will be at least competitive with them. Um, and then, I mean, Iowa State's record's not good, but I, I can't remember they've lost six or seven one score games. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're right in there with, you know, their, their season could look completely different. Um, but the only one, I would say with confidence that I would take u h over in the current big twelve would be West Virginia um probably and then I'd say maybe Kansas, but other than that um
0: so that's so yeah that's that's the Bible of the conference james you know yeah. that's that's not that's not good enough um and we'll see about expectations, what's for the program once everything is official and it sounded like last week Coach Hogerson was trying to already tamp down expectations for next year, uh, which kind of surprised me and Dayon and a lot of folks already. He's, he's trying to tamp down ex- the expectations because of new quarterback. The running game should be strong yeah. next year for the Cougs in the first yeah. year of the Big 12. Everything else, offensively, I think they should be okay. Quarterback.
1: Quarterback's the big thing.
0: Is, is a big question. And can- then Defense. Talent-wise, I'm just not sure if they match up well with, with the Big Twelve overall. Not not just experience, talent defensively. So that's an area to to fix. Um, oh, with the way some of
1: these teams in the Big Twelve air it out, uh, it's, yeah, I mean it could be it could be a long.
0: So and that's the got to address because that's one thing. Get back to the game against East Carolina prior to Saturday's game. We've, you know, you watched the Cougs defense this year. There were so many times where wide receivers and tight ends for, for opponents were just wide open all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, all the time. That was not the case yesterday. I'm not sure. Part of it, I think, was improvement on defense, even though I did see the Cougs miss a lot of tackles still. Um, but the play calling, ECU did not go to the tight end enough. I'm not sure that because of their scheme, if they have a, a good pass catching tight end, but their game plan just was kind of strange against the Cougs, but 42 to three speaks, speaks volumes for Houston and they got the win. Do you think it it quiets any, any more or any talk of, of Dana Hogerson being gone this season and that's over. That talk is dead.
1: I st- I don't. I still stand by. Even you know earlier in the season when they were uh, what two and three, I I just don't think. I don't think he was going to go anywhere just with the terms of the buyout and stuff. I think this definitely. Um, I know, in the the Houston Chronicle reported that you know he'd be good as long as they showed improvement and didn't completely lose the team. I mean. It seems like I mean they've shown improvement. Obviously, um, there's still a lot of work to be done, and he hasn't lost the team. So I think, I think yeah, um, he'll, he'll, he'll get. It. I mean, he's done. He, he'll he'll be back next year. Is that, that's all I'll say. Um,
0: yeah. Do you think the entire staff will be back?
1: Uh, we'll see about that. It will be interesting. Um, I'd be surprised if. I mean, I know offensively I mean especially early in the year the play calling was sort of questionable they've been able to turn that around a little so I'd be surprised if they did anything there and then even though the defense has struggled you know they just gave Belkin extension um he's a young guy who's been able to connect with the kids pretty well so I doubt um unless I doubt they make any major changes unless like Houston staff leaves to take other jobs I don't think uh there will be a lot of you know firings and look, looking at on the outside um, to fill holes.
0: Let me ask you: What has been the difference with the play calling? Has Coach Hogerson taken over more duties, or has Coach Dawson seen the light? Because yesterday he went to Christian Trahan a lot, the tight end, yeah. and that's been more trains been more involved last few games. And what's what's been different? They're much more aggressive in play calling than they were the first three, four games of the season. Yeah.
1: I don't, I'm not 100% sure. I'm pretty sure Dawson's still calling plays. At least that's what Dana seen. I could be wrong, but um, Dana hasn't said otherwise since he was asked about it. Um, I forget when, like four or five games into the season. I think one thing, Clayton Toon, uh, coming off the bye week, one thing he told the media was, you know, he wanted to throw the ball more. He wanted them to be more aggressive. So I think. Part of that's just probably the senior quarterback getting in that room with Dana, Dawson, guys like that, and been like, you know, we, I, I want to throw the ball more. Let's let's take some shots. We haven't been able to – I mean, not much has worked in the first half anyway. Might as well uh, do some – try some new stuff. And like you said, it's worked out. They've, um, you know, they've been much more efficient. Um especially through the air. And then, like you said, they've gotten some of their bigger weapons involved, you know, where Trahan while he was battling some injuries, he was not involved at, like, I mean, it it was like, they forgot about him for the first five, six games. And then, you know, yesterday he, he had his best game in terms of receiving receiving wise, and he was targeted a lot. And now he's, he, you know, the latter half of the season as a whole, he's been back to that, you know, old reliable guy that tune goes to, um, to pick up key plays and um, yeah, he's actually involved in the offense. So I I can't answer like the play calling thing cause I don't know that, but I think a lot of it has to do probably with Tune going in and being like, you know.
0: Well, good for play it, Tune. Yeah. Me and the veteran the senior, it was needed and it's worked out well. Question from Joe Mendez. Do you believe this? will Cullen be ready for the big 12 if he's named the starter or do you think the Cougs will hit the portal for a, a veteran QB? uh holgerson likes lucas a lot
1: i know that um and he was at arkansas obviously didn't play much but um i think it's hard to say a qb who's never taken really meaningful snaps to throw him in there and say yes immediately they'll be in the big 12 or be ready for the big 12 um i do think as of now it's looking likely that he'll probably be the guy um if i had to guess uh just based on they haven't brought in any huge quarterback recruit out of high school i'm sure they'll probably entertain things in the portal but i think you know a lot of the plan was when bringing him um in over the past year you know get him a year behind tune get him to learn the system and stuff and then once once uh goes into the big 12 he's the guy they roll with but um i mean i think you'll see early season struggles and stuff from him. Cause I mean, any quarterback, you know, playing their first meaningful snaps in college, but um, yeah, I, as of now, if I had to guess, he'd be the guy um, unless they do bring in somebody. Um, but
0: that's a little ways away. So. And, and I think whether it's Lucas or another quarterback, they're going to run more. They should run more. Cause running oh, yeah. that course is deep and talented. Mm-hmm. Alton Alt back. So they might help rest their defense by just pounding the rock, <laughs> just, just running the ball a lot more. And that might help Lucas Coley uh, get comfortable or quarterback X get comfortable, face the Big 12. Well, let's get into this. July 1st, 2023. What, it's official, Houston in the Big 12. What can... What should Houston athletics do to market, improve marketing promotion for football in the big 12?
1: I mean, okay. Um, One thing is just, I know we, we went, talked about it last year, but they don't really have a traditional spring game and they don't advertise it well, even though it's free. Um, and this would be before they join the big 12 officially before that um but i mean first chance to see your cougs as they enter the big 12 make a big deal about that you don't have to run a full on official game if holgerson i know Hogerson doesn't like that but at least do some sort of thing to give um fans an opportunity to see things um and let people know don't just you know put it on your website and no signs and nothing like that like right. that's one thing uh, another thing, uh, just sort of like you could have like an open house type deal at TDU Stadium. You know, walk around, look around. Here's all I, I know. Teams have done this in the past. They'll put like white pieces of paper on every seat that's available for season tickets and stuff. Here's what's available. You can you can check out the view. You can sit in this seat and see if this is a view you'd like. Um, stuff like that, um, and then we've talked about, you know, the social media, they've obviously taken a step up um, and kudos to them for that. Uh, But continuing to improve that because that exposure is huge. um, And not only for the fan base, but getting potential recruits to notice you and things like that. So I think continuing to, you know, um, play around with different ideas. um, And over the summer, what they, I mean, at near the end, they did a better job, but, you know, even when nothing's happening, you know, May, June, July, August. Do some fun, mic'd up spring sure. summer workout videos. Do j- just something to give fans some content and obviously do what a lot of teams have done with the countdown, you know, 12 Saturdays till Cougar football is back um, 11 Saturdays till Coug- mm-hmm. it isn't, it's not much, but I mean, you're just letting people know. And it's a start. You start yeah.
0: Nothing. yeah. Joe Mendez. You're 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 giving us comments, helping us through this show. Additional folks talk of sports. Anything you like to see, Houston Athletics do uh, to connect fans with the football program because they, they got to do better. They have to do co- commercials as well and commercials to reach more outlets rather than just the same old tired outlets that they've been doing in the past. It's a different era, different time. It's two thousand be twenty twenty three soon go where your fans are. They need to, for UH baseball, have flyers handed out a minute mate. Start, you gotta let folks know you're in the big 12 with baseball as well. Football, spring games, whatever you can to let people know that Houston football for the city, that's a basketball tag, but for football is joining the big 12. It is in the big 12 is in the city of Houston is about to join another level of college athletics promotions all over the place there needs to be whoever them if it's ultimate cast whoever this marquee player is next year football billboards you know I mean just any ways to promote that player promote the team starting once the bowl game ends so some point in January February whatever hell start a countdown until july 1st 2023 when houston athletics joins the big 12 let people know i mean take advantage of this time let's be honest before the astros start take advantage of the texans stinking the rockets stinking take advantage of this this void in of houston sports you know piggyback off men's basketball Let people know that the Big 12 is coming. Tony M, why are you laughing, Tony? Give us some ideas to promote and reconnect the UH football alums. Marcus Jones, come back and, you know, during the off season, do some commercials. Hey, UH fans, are you hyped? I'm hyped about to join the Big 12 and blah, 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 blah. You know, things like that. We're giving you these ideas and James and I and Andy and Will we feel pretty confident that, that some folks from UH Athletic do watch our show. <laughs> just just going to put that out there. But they have to do something to get the word out, to make people feel a part of the program, and to help bridge the gap, and to help avoid this part of the fans coming to see the opponents play give people reason to come see the Kooks play so they gotta you know I, I it's my try to true thing because if we don't do it who the hell will <laughs> okay so they gotta start doing that promotion promote come on this show come on go come on a pause jamma go on all these different shows that have internet contact with fans and reach out to them to promote your program, to promote your coaches, promote your players, advertise, all these different things because Big 12 is no joke. That's a bigger level of athletics. And if you don't do a better job of promotion, you will continue getting what you get. So, you know, hype videos, all of it. A little bit helps because it's not enough right now. Zach, winning is, winning is is a start, yes but that's during the season we're trying to get interest up during the off season for the program for fo- football especially because football makes it's a money maker but the irony is james i think you agree football is a money maker but ua does a really poor job of marketing football if it's a money maker i mean so if it's a money maker then you do a better job promoting it right
1: yeah of course and um
0: yeah like you said there so, that, I mean, that's yeah. what they got to do. So, we're giving ideas, and, and the season, this season's almost over. They have a great chance to finish eight to four, and they're going to go to a bowl. How often did you see promotions hyping up? It's not a big deal, but it's still a win over an SEC team. The Birmingham Bowl win. I mean, not. I
1: know they had some shirts and stuff on the campus store, and they did. Uh, they were at Toyota Center for something um, for, at like a at timeout of a Rockets game.
0: But other than that, uh, yeah, it's not a time- enough. This is a great statement right here from, from Joe. Everybody loves winner, but they have to know the winner. Well put. So it's on Houston Athletics to do a better job of telling the city who they are. Winning is a, is great, but winning is during the season. What are you going to do in the off season to connect fans to your program? That's one thing Houston has to do a better job of. And I'm not just hell that's everybody town, Rice, HCU, TSU as well. Everybody got to do a better job during the off season to let folks know you exist. So that's one thing for all the schools and programs to work on. Um, Gonna touch on this a little bit, basketball-wise. UH women fell to one and three yesterday, lost in overtime to Florida State. I was surprised that the game was competitive, as competitive as it was. Kudos to the Cougars and Coach Huey for making it competitive, taking it to overtime. James, they had 55 layups. How many, have you seen the stat?
1: I've not seen this uh, I just saw the box scores
0: how, how many do you think they made out of fifty-five layups? Thirteen. That's that's, that's real low, <laughs> but you get the idea. Twenty-four. Twenty-four out of fifty-five layups. They lost by six, and and then they <laughs> then they missed seven free throws. So they they had ninety-three shots. Made thirty-one of them. And lost by six. So they're one and three. They head to Florida this week for a Thanksgiving tournament. They play Portland on Thanksgiving. Game's going to be on Flow Hoops, and they play Portland Thursday. Then Florida on Saturday. I got to say right now, the best women's basketball college team is Rice. The second year head coach Lindsay Edmonds. They're they're four and zero already. I think they're more talented. I gotta say it, they're more talented than Houston from top to bottom. Um, And those two teams will face off on December 10th, Saturday at Rice. Same time, same tip time as UH men versus Alabama. Who scheduled that? I mean, who, (laughs) come on, whoever arranged that? Y'all couldn't put that game, the Rice-UH game at seven o'clock in the evening? But I, I digress. But just a recap of things. UH men tonight in Oregon versus the Ducks, 8.30 p.m. on ESPN. Andy Yanez, our colleague, should be there by now. He's going to uh, report for Gallery Sports and then do his Les Rage Cougs show, postgame show, after the game tonight. So on the road with Andy Yanez. Uh, uh James, I think you can answer this question from Leonard Maddox. I don't think it's certain yet who the next quarterback will be next year for starting quarterback UH. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'd guess Lucas Cauley right now, but um, like I said, a lot could happen over the offseason. Some injuries, they could bring in someone.
0: Who knows? And As a backup zone, i do a quick recap or preview a discussion of the other teams in town. But this question How do you sell Hogerson? Holgers- and, and I get Tony's where he's going with it. Because it it does not seem, and you, you cover the football team, I don't, I cover the basketball team. It doesn't seem like Dana cares, or it's just not a big deal to him, the promotion part of it, the marketing part of it. Am I reading that right? So you tell me. I mean,
1: I don't know exactly what his interaction with fans are. It's not as much as where Kelvin is, not nearly, at, at least from what I've seen most of the time. I think his biggest interaction is just the Thursday night radio shows. He does a little Woodrose, Um, but I mean, that's just sort of, you know, most coaches have some sort of either TV or radio, some show that they got to do. Um, Kelvin has one as well. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know exactly how far or how much he's involved in stuff like that, but uh, certainly you don't see him out there as much as um, other coaches at UH.
0: And that, I think we could say that's not really his job. It's, it's the marketing department's job. It's the athletic department's job to promote UH football. He could help, but overall, the program has to do a better job promoting fo- UH football. So that's important. Uh, We got some recaps, the final scores here. TSU men lost at Samford today, 78-63. That kind of surprised me. Prairie View men are leading UT Martin. Prairie View men are undefeated right now. They came off beating Washington State a few days ago. So PV is winning on the road against UT Martin. Texas A&M women are struggling against the winless TSU Lady Tigers. They're finally up by ten late in the fourth quarter, but yeah, I, I don't know what that says about the Aggies. If you struggle against TSU, because TSU is not good, <laughs> teach women—they're not good. This brand new team, new coaching staff, not much talent, very young, well, very young talent. So I'm not sure what that says about the Aggies. But uh, tomorrow, um, the HCU men and Rice men are going to play at Rice Tudor Fieldhouse in a game for the. Uh, the Darius Lee Memorial Classic is part of the Rice Salt Invitational, but tomorrow's matchup will be a tribute to honor Darius Lee, HCU's player, best player, but that's not the issue. HCU player who was killed in New York when he went to visit this summer, visiting friends and family in New York and was shot and killed. I think Darius was 21, 22 years old. Um, so it's tragedy. So tomorrow's game. Is a memorial for him, a tribute to him. His family will be there. Some of his family will be in the game. I'm going to be there tomorrow as well. so my respect and support for the family. Games at 7 o'clock at Tudor Field House. I think it's also going to be on Commerce USA TV. i got a link to it on my website at HoustonRoundBarview.com. So, but uh, kudos to Coach Wright so Coach Scott Parra for making that happen, having the Jerry Slee Memorial Classic. To Owls reached out to HCU head coach Ron Cottrell to get that done. So if you have time, they'll want to check out some good basketball. Talent level right there between Rice and HCU. It's fairly even. Rice is still a little bit better than Huskies. But come by Rice tomorrow to see that game, 7 p.m. tip-off. Uh, let's see. Rice women play TSU on Wednesday at 2 o'clock at TSU. And I said earlier, UH women will be in Florida the St. Pete Classic on Thursday and Saturday. The Cougs men's team after tonight's game will not will be off until Saturday, and twenty six against Kent State at home. Same day as the football team winds up their season against Tulsa. So a lot going on in town. Rockets after tonight are off till Friday. So a lot going on. you should hop on the night after the Cougs Ducks game and join us on Let's Rage Cougs. To, we think. Uh, well, we're guaranteeing a win, right?
1: I'll go ahead and guarantee it.
0: Yeah. I think Joe and everybody, we're, we're going to guarantee the... Guarantee! ...that the Houston Cougars third-ranked team will remain undefeated and defeat the Ducks this evening. The game is on ESPN. It'll be after the Kentucky Wildcats and Bulldogs game. That game's at 630. <laughs> so, technically, the Cougars basketball team part of a double hitter. Yeah. With the lead in with the Kentucky and Gonzaga that's pretty impressive right there man Mm -hmm. it's a pity the Ducks didn't do their part and be ranked but anyway my man how can folks find you follow you give me a chance so I can pull it up here as we but as we close up the show this edition of folks talking sports how can folks find James Mueller on social media
1: yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at JDM2186 and then um, thedailycougar.com will have all my coverage regarding UH athletics.
0: Thank you as always, man. I'm glad you're feeling better. Uh, keep Appreciate taking it. care of yourself. Uh, let's see. I'm KG Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Once again, thanks very much to Five Star Properties, owner of Five Star Properties. He is a Houston alum based in Dallas. So Coogs helping Coogs. Firestar Property Sponsors is a proud sponsor of Folks Talking Sports. So you can see the number on the screen for those listening to the podcast on Spotify, iHeart, and Apple. Number is 972 532 S E L L. 972 532 7355. The website is 5starprops.com. F I V E S T A R. P R O P S dot com five star properties will be sponsoring folks talking sports throughout college basketball season. So if you want to be a sponsor after this season ends, just reach out to me, and we'll make that happen. Thank you very much for joining us during a, a different time of FTS at three o'clock. Start today instead of the usual six on Sundays because I'll be at the Rockets Warriors game later on, and he's on the road with the. Basketball team, James decided to, was able to join me earlier, with the Giffen's covering the Browns or the Cavs in Ohio. So that's why it was the two of us today. I got some ideas for future guests in future shows that may have a UH slant. In, so let's look for that. Keep watching us on the Houston Round Bar View on YouTube, as well as on FTS, Folks Folk Talk Sports Twitter account, Thank you once more. Time. Oh wow! Just see that uh, number one, number two in women's basketball, South Carolina, Stanford are going to overtime. So that game lived up to the hype. That's great to see. So James Mueller, thank you very much. Uh, I'm not sure if there's any UH availability this week before Thanksgiving. If I don't see it before Thursday, Happy Thanksgiving to you, my young, my good friend. To you as well. And to uh, to, to Joe Mendez and Tony M. Leonard as well. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Zach Rome as well. For all the w- folks who support Folks Talking Sports, the Daily Cougar, and the Houston Round Bar Review. Happy holidays because it's to the, the season now. And just join us tonight, late night. It'll be Less Rage Cougs After Dark with Andy Yanez, Deion Dunlap, me, see if you get Jane to stay up late to join us as well. So we will recap the Cougs-Ducks-Men basketball game later this evening on the Houston Round Bar View YouTube channel. So until then, everybody take care. See you later. Peace.